welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loughton, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Pretty good, thanks. It's uh, It's been a minute since we've recorded anything. It has, yeah. Uh, so yeah, first off, like, apologies for just lying at the end of the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, I, uh... we had planned to do like, a, like an episode in time for Christmas and then like life happened yeah i had faith in us man yeah me too but you know yeah like things got in the way and like <laughs> just a series of uh facebook messages between us being like oh can you do this no oh can you do this no <laughs> so like we just seems to be busy at exactly the wrong time yeah um but you know we're both we're both here now yeah new year new start yeah the first first podcast of uh 2019 yeah that's uh exciting yeah definitely yeah, uh, did you uh, have a good festive period? Or um, yeah, I think so. I had a, a decent chunk off work, so I've had lots of free time. Mm, I had uh, two days. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, it just hasn't felt like Christmas at all. It's uh, it's been pretty crap. Mm. Like just uh, I That's had a shame. Christmas, Christmas and Boxing Day off, and then just straight back to work. So I mean, it's fine. I, I mean, I choose to do this job, so <laughs> I can't really complain that much. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, Finally, finally back. We are, yeah. So we, in that brief period we've had away. Have you been playing much Magic at all? Uh, not really. I play. I mean, it's so long ago. Um, <laughs> so played F and M. Yeah. And it was meant to be Legacy F and M. Sure. And then two of us turned up to play Legacy. Uh oh. So we played Modern instead. Uh, and I mean, this is something that I haven't actually addressed on the on the on the show yet. Yeah. But uh, I now <laughs> I now play Boggles. Hey. Yeah. I mean, the uh, the podcast dance is still firmly screw models, right? Sure. Um, but obviously, I sold pretty much all of my modern cards at the GP. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to have a deck to like play modern if it's like the only format available. If I want to just play some magic, so uh, modern is ridiculous, right? Oh yeah. It's a stupid linear format where you just play combo decks. So just play the most ridiculous deck. Just yeah, play seems like a good idea to me. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I'm currently missing one Horizon Canopy. Yeah, but I have the rest of the deck, uh, so I played that on Friday. Uh, I went one three. Nice. So really good. I uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was horrible. I played my least favorite deck ever and lost with it. <laughs> so sounds like great fun all around then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, like yeah, I haven't really played much Magic. Like cool. work's been pretty hectic and yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, a lot of people uh, that normally go to. The LGS to sort of uh, have been like away, like around their family for Christmas and stuff. So there's yeah. not been a lot of people to play Magic with. Um, but yeah, not really, not not much. How about you? Um, yeah, I've played like a load, like an absolute load, which is great. <laughs> Sweet, it's really nice just to have some like time off to to play some things. Um, mm-hmm. A whole host of things, really. So, it's first off the obviously uh, the holiday cubes up on Magic Online. So vintage cube is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't played half as much of Vintage Cube as I was expecting because I've just been absolutely terrible at it this time around. Oh, really? Yeah, like I don't know whether like, it's like kind of like bad luck in the draft portions or if it's just like bad matchups or or what. Like I think probably the old variance thing coming into play again. But it, yeah, it just seems to be like can't do better than a two one, and the two ones come <laughs> come very very rarely. Oh wow. Yeah, it's just I mean, been like I've opened power in like one I've done say probably about ten drafts of it. I've opened power in one of them. Um all like had power 
to pick in one of them. Yeah, like most matches I've played against, I've played against like some sort of combo deck or twin deck, and they've just like died pretty much instantly. Uh, multiple sure. times I've died to like Lumogs on turn two. <laughs> just the things where like I've, I've every time I've drafted the best deck that I, I've felt has been available to me at the time, and then for whatever reason, like the opponent just has like a combo or they have the answers to my combo or mm-hmm. yeah it, it has it hasn't been fun but i mean this is going to happen 50 percent of the time isn't it i mean sure yeah that's uh that's sort of how it goes that's a shame though but i mean holiday cube is made, made mainly about having fun right yeah definitely drafting very powerful cards and just uh making stupid decks so as long as you've been doing that yeah definitely i said not as not as much as as i wanted to i think because my record hasn't been great it's kind of sapped mm-hmm. the experience for me a little yeah, uh, sure. But yeah, also there's just been like so many other things to play and, and do as well. So yeah, been doing a, a load of other things. So I did a with uh, just before Christmas we did a uh, like a bring your own booster chaos draft, a BYOB chaos draft. Yeah, it sounds sweet. That I like, <laughs> I'd messed up, messed up badly. So we 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 planned it like a little while ago, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna get some like cool boosters. It's gonna be really fun and interesting. So I ordered a, a Time Spiral booster, a Planar Chaos booster, and a Scars of Mirrodin booster from Magic Card Market. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to pick those packs. It's going to be sweet. We're all going to have some, like, you know, well, everyone's going to have, like, at least one cool spicy pack mm-hmm. uh, for this draft. It's going to be great. So, so I order those. The weeks go on. I order, ordered from, from, like, Germany and Spain, I think. So I'm like, oh, well, whatever. It's like not italy it's not italy no <laughs> not italy it's uh it is the, the festive period mm-hmm. and you know it's coming from europe anyway these things take, take time surely you know there's plenty mm-hmm. of time for these to show up before the draft yeah. so i'd order them like two weeks in advance so it gets to the friday before the draft and yeah they still haven't turned up so Uh-oh. i'm worried these probably aren't going to turn up in time so mm-hmm. this is the, the 21st at this point our draft's on the on the 23rd Yep. So I go to Magic Card Market, look at my, my purchases. Oh, unpaid orders. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out oh, I'd uh, <laughs> deposited them. Obviously, I'd, I'd used up all of my, the credit that I had on there, so I'd had to deposit some money into my account to pay for them. Mm-hmm. So I'd credited my account and then just forgot to pay for the orders, so they'd just been sat there for, for weeks, and I was like, <laughs> oh, this is the worst. Did the sellers not message you? No, no messages from the sellers or anything. Oh my! Because I, um, I had it before when like I was uh, getting a Savannah off uh, Magic Card Market, yeah. and there was one that was like a really, really good deal because they had like scans up and stuff. And it was yeah. really good condition for a really good price, but I didn't have the money, like right at that yeah. moment. So I put it in my put it uh, like in my cart, and then I had some issues with PayPal, and like I didn't, I couldn't pay for it for like a week. Yeah. And within like two days, they messaged me like, "Are you buying this or not?" I was like, okay. <laughs> so surely they would have. If, if it had been like weeks, than just, it, it just yeah, like, literally two weeks, and it just been because <laughs> you—that's a confirmed order. Like you like pretty much have to pay for that. Yeah, so, and you just haven't. That's amazing. Have you yeah. paid for them now? Have you just like cancelled the order? Oh no, I know. I paid for them. You got them. Yeah. So what are you going to do with them? Uh, we're going to do another one at some point, but at least sure. <laughs> at least I've got the, the boosters. So what uh, what packs did you end up drafting? So I thought because I messed up so badly, rather mm-hmm. than bringing like the best coolest packs I could find I thought I would like just go the opposite and just bring like the worst packs I could find Uh-oh. so we got um, a Born of the Gods pack that I got at GP oh. Liverpool Gross. Uh, I got a, a Dark Ascension booster I have a couple of those mm-hmm. set's not great 
Yep. And then finally, we had a Core 2019 pack. Oh my god. Yeah. That's just... That's horrible. It was... Uh, it was, it was, it was, yeah, I thought, well, you know, what are the worst packs available for me at this, this moment in time? <laughs> and it, they, they, they turned out to be pretty terrible. Yeah, uh, that's, that's not going to be a good experience. The draft, on the other hand, was actually, like, really good. Somehow I managed to draft a really, like, coherent, like, really strong blue-white deck and <laughs> won so, the thing 3-0, 6-0. <laughs> yeah, you just sending me updates throughout the day, like, okay, you sent me pictures of it, I can just look completely completely busted. Yeah, it was like, I mean, some shenanigans did happen, like, I got uh, I got past, so my pack one pick one was uh, open the Born of the Gods pack, and I got Sphinx, Arbiter of the Ideal, so mm-hmm. it's six mana, four, five, we're flying, when it, uh, whenever it becomes untapped, reveal the top card of your library, if it's an artifact, creature, or land card, you may put it onto the battlefield with a manifestation counter on it. That permanent is an enchantment in addition to its other types. Yeah, that card's uh, pretty good. Yeah, six mana, four, five flyer, fine. Does mm-hmm. does an awesome thing. That's cool. Yep. So that's my pack one, pick one. And then my pack one, pick two, was a council's judgment that I got past. <laughs> oh my God. What the hell did they open that was better than a council's judgment? Uh, they, I, I'm not sure what they opened, but they didn't realise that council's judgment was a was a very good card and worth like 15 quid or whatever it was, Just $15. Great. Just read it. Yeah. It's clearly very good. I think it was one of those, like, well, I've opened a pack of Conspiracy. This card has a lot of text in it. Uh, it yeah. seems to talk about players in multiples, so that's probably isn't going to be very good. Sure, that's that's pretty reasonable. Like, yeah. if you're not playing multiplayer, some of the cards in in, uh, in Conspiracy are just completely completely useless. So I was like, all right, okay, that's sick. That's, I guess I'm playing Blue White, definitely. And then mm-hmm. my, my pack one pick three was a Mana War. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay, that's sick. Okay, oh, cool. That's that's happening. Uh, and then uh, after that, it was a ho- uh, it was a horseshoe crab. After that, sweet. And then I got past a night veil sprite. Right. And then I got past a raf capuchin. Jeez. Yeah. And I was like, all right, sweet. Okay, we're all in. We're all in. And then the next pack had the the blue white jewel land from Cons. Oh my god. Okay. It just so yeah. Both. Yeah. It just it just happened. I was in the right seat. Drafted the right deck. <laughs> And yeah, I got the council judgment. I got past a preordain. <laughs> took that as well. <laughs> and then, like somehow, in like pack three or something, I got like a foil trinket mage. Oh wow! Yeah, possibly worth a word. Yeah, that's like fifteen, twenty dollars or something. Something, something ridiculous. Yeah. So I ended up like accidentally not ordering the packs that I'd said I was going to order. Turned up with like the worst packs available and just, <laughs> just, got just went yeah just steamrolled the uh, <laughs> steamrolled the draft. That's great. So it sounds like you uh, ended 2018 in uh, in style in terms of magic. Yeah, it was sick. It was uh, yeah, I managed to do a complete 180 on a disaster. So that was awesome. Sounds great. Sweet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, I've just been playing a lot of arena. Surprisingly, oh, that's something you'd never hear me say in 2018. Uh, no, I think you said it. A couple of times, yeah, probably. I think you said um, it with uh, with more spite and malice. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Uh, I, uh, I, I still definitely have some criticisms of Arena. Uh, I still have a lot of criticisms with the whole magic as an esport thing and the whole you know the whole professional play system and stuff. But mm-hmm. I think as a as a piece of software, like Arena's so close, it's it's getting there. It's really getting there. Yeah, I think with the, the last major update. Um, Things got a lot better. Obviously, they completely rehauled and the uh, the ranking system. So you have separate yeah. ranks for draft and uh, constructed now. Oh, sorry, for limited and constructed. And there's like a proper ladder system. 
the matchmaking system is a lot better now uh, and just like just the interface and you can like so one of my biggest gripes with arena for a very long time has, has been oh well you can't like set a stop in your opponent's draw step so you can't like click them in, your, in their draw step they've changed that so now you can put a stop pretty much wherever you would want now amazing there's still like a few things like it will uh just i guess just for the for the sake of like speed and like easiness from like newer players it'll like skip to like the beginning of combat phase mm-hmm. so like I'm still finding myself playing in full control mode a lot of the time so my opponent sure. had has something which like the beginning of combat makes a token uh, yeah. like it won't by, by default it won't give you the option to like, uh, like cast like a kill spell on that creature before the beginning of combat oh, okay so that's that's something that it does sort of still skip over, and obviously there's the whole Nexus of Fate issue as well. Like, if you don't have any cards in your library but Nexus, you can just sit there and cast Nexus, and you won't get any punishment for it. Yeah, that's not that's not good, considering yeah. there's no actual, like, round timer yeah, outside sure. of, like, roping. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no clock like there is a Magic Online, and there's no, there's no real rules enforcement like there is in Paper Magic, so mm-hmm. there's absolutely nothing stopping you from just sitting there and spamming Nexus just over and over and over again with no win condition. Just yeah, that's not, that's, uh, wait until not your opponent gives up. Mm-hmm. Sure. So like there are there are a few little gripes like that, but I think I think it's come a very long way. I think I'm feeling quite positive about it. Um, as far as like playing standard on there, like definitely it seems yeah. to be like a very good platform for playing standard. Uh, I I have no idea kind of what they're gonna do as far as like other formats go. I know they've talked about doing some sort of standard plus or extended format on there. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens if and when it happens. Yeah, uh, and I still don't like that you're drafting against bots unlimited, but at least they've they've added in some bot personalities now. Mm-hmm. But well, the, I, it is still in beta. Yeah, but so. it's uh, it's it definitely feels a lot more like Magic now. It just it just still feels very very much like a video game. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm still not playing a lot of arena for my own personal reasons I, I, th- I have no actual problems with it. It's just how I personally like to interact with Magic. I think is it stopping me playing it currently. Yeah, for sure. As opposed to like any sort of glaring issues with the with the program or anything. Yeah, I, th- I think it serves its purpose very well. Like it's mm-hmm. it's very easy just to just to pick up a game. Like you hit play and then within like five seconds you're connected to a game. Sure. Which is great. That's pretty sweet. So I think it is if like if you've got a, a decent standard deck on there and you have a strong interest in playing standard, I mm-hmm. think Arena is probably good enough for deck testing for standard. Yeah, sweet. So that's that's one positive at least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, 2019. Yeah. 2018 was a year. It, it was certainly a year for a lot of reasons, yeah. both magic and non-magic. Yeah, so I think we're just going to go over some of the highlights and lowlights, I guess, of 2018 and this. Do a bit of a, a rundown of, of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in for that. Awesome. Um, before we get there, do yeah. we want to talk about social media? Mm, let's do that. So, social media, if you want to hit us up on social media, let us know about your 2018. How was it? What do you think of Arena now that it's all you know essentially live in this cool preseason mode that we're in at the moment? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any predictions for 2019, what's coming up? Hit us up, let us know. Uh, on Facebook, we are facebook.com slash hrfdcast. On Twitter, we are at hrfdcast. Uh, or you can get us on hrfdcast.com. Or, brand new, you can get us at Patreon. Yes, we are on yes you can. Patreon.com slash hour of devastation. That's all one word. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get various rewards, uh, various tiers on there. So if you wanted to give something back for us providing the show to you, if you found any sort of enjoyment or entertainment <laughs> or, <laughs> or anything from this, like it, we would we would really appreciate you giving something back. Uh, it can be just something for as little as $1 per month. That's like 25 cents an episode-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got different tiers there. We've got $1 a month. We've got $4 a month. We've got $10 a month, $20 a month. Uh, we also have an ultimate tier as well, uh, which you will have to view the site to uh, to check that out. It's pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, speaking of, of the different tiers, we've yep. got to do our shout-out this week. Mm-hmm. So one of the, the cool things that you get... Um, if you subscribe to our Patreon at a $4 a month higher tier, uh, you get a shout-out during the episodes. So our very first shout-out for our very first Patreon is Dave McMorrin. Massive, massive shout-out. Massive thank you. Uh, you are you have our eternal thanks. We are eternally grateful. Uh, you will also get the, the benefit of the protection of the Hecma. So when the Godfarer comes back to ravage the plane, you'll be fine. Guaranteed. Absolutely fine. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just is is really cool. Really, really means a lot. Like, yeah, like the whole kind of like $1 per episode thing is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Massive, massive, like- massively appreciate it. Like, obviously, we don't do this for like anything in return. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that like, you know, there's somebody out there who wants to give something back is really cool. And we appreciate it to, to no end. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's really cool because we just do it because we, we enjoy it. And, um, the fact that other people enjoy it as much, um, uh, like enough to want to give something back, really means a lot. Like it's uh, really, really cool. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, there will be like loads of cool benefits as well. For you, you get access to like the the Patreon feed. So I'll be been testing out streaming and streaming some arena games and some Magic Online games. So I've got mm-hmm. some things recorded that I'm gonna gonna stick up on there. There'll be some some exclusive content on there, uh, and maybe you'll even get some unedited versions of this podcast. Oh god! HUFD cast after dark. No one needs to hear that. <laughs> it's just me complaining more. <laughs> That's all it is. That is true. That may be true. Yeah. yeah, sweet. So, shall we get on to our review of 2018? Yeah, let's jump right in. So, first up, nice and easy. What is your favourite card that you've picked up this year? Uh, that is, is in you've bought slash traded for, not like just literally held in your hand. Uh, <laughs> uh, Japanese Cars Cradle and it's not close yeah yeah nice yeah um, I mean I discussed it uh, on the last the last episode I think yeah uh, um, yeah sweet uh, Cars Cradle is like one of my favourite magic cards ever um, I like to collect cards in Japanese yeah so I just find it aesthetically pleasing <laughs> um, <laughs> without sounding too weird um, and I got a really good deal on it and it's yeah it's, it's now like my prized possession sweet cool. also worth a lot more than I thought it was Oh yeah, like worth more than I picked it up for. And yeah, quite probably. worth a lot more than like I thought. Just than I thought that it would be worth. So uh, very pleased with that. I mean, I also re-picked up my savannas this year and everything. It's been quite quite a good year for picking up magic cards. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I mean, agree. I, it's been a it's been an unusual year, but definitely a good year. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. What's uh, what's your favorite favorite thing you've picked up? I think I know the answer to this. <laughs> yeah, uh, hands down. Like it just has to be unlimited mox jet. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty nice. If you yeah. uh, pick up a piece of power, it's pretty notable in your yeah, year, I guess. <laughs> it's the uh, the only like proper piece of power I own. Like, obviously, I have some collector's edition and national edition power, but mm-hmm. as far as like you know, like GP legal, 
GP side event legal, I guess, because we're never getting yeah. a vintage GP. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah, Magic Fest, I guess, the side event legal card. Uh, yeah, the bit of the Power Nine, like you cannot. Yeah, I still still can't get over it. Like, it's just awesome. it's a really really cool thing to own. Like, they're kind of one of the most iconic cards of the game. Like any of the Power Nine, I think the, the Moxen especially. There's just, just something like really special about them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Like. Uh, yeah, I just love that. Like, it's something that I, something that I can own and just look at and and just sort of you know, take out and then admire that whenever I want. And also that it fits nicely in my old school deck, and I, I get to play it. Yeah, you actually get to use it. That's the coolest. Twenty-five-year-old cardboard. It's great. Yeah, piece of cardboard that's older than me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, it's it's. That, that's one of the things about like my cradle or like or any of like my reservist cards just just i like them like collecting them is, is just owning them is really cool yeah and the fact that they're like actually useful in terms of playing the game is a uh, sort of a nice upside i guess yeah for sure definitely <laughs> to actually use them sweet yeah i think there's like there's definitely a couple of other, like cards i've really enjoyed sort of picking up and like owning and stuff like i thought it was like really cool when i upgraded all of my uh, my revised swamps to like unlimited swamps so that was really cool yeah. and like all my revised um, dark rituals to unlimited dark rituals really loved that mm-hmm. um, yeah I picked up like an unlimited icy manipulator it's like yeah just loads of like I mean it's all like old cards but it's all like just really cool cards that I love uh, like my unlimited demonic tutor it's something that I only picked up at the GP but is very quickly one of like the my favourite cards I own like I finally yeah. picked up like a Shaharazad this year so there's, there's so many so many cards but you, you just can't beat a bit of power. Uh, I guess 2018 was the the year that you had more money than sense. <laughs> um, possibly, but I don't know. I think I, I think I managed to. I think I managed to be quite sensible. I mean, you you, you still 2018 was the year that I got a pay rise. I guess really. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. You still have a house and stuff, right? Yeah. You're not just like, you know, living on the street with your mox jet. Nope. Good. Okay, that's the main thing. <laughs> that, is, that, is a, that is a worry. Um, cool. Sweet. So, what's your favourite deck you've played this year? Uh, it could be in uh, any format. Uh, yeah, anything. So, I did uh, really enjoy a couple of my Dominaria draft decks specifically. Sweet. Sweet. Um, like, any time I drafted Slimefoot, yeah. <laughs> it just felt completely broken. Um, but, yeah, in, t- in, terms of, uh, in terms of playing decks, like, to no one's surprise, it's just... Uh, Maverick and Legacy. Yeah, for sure. Gets my Noble Hierarchs and Savannas and Wastelands, and it's, it's it's just really good fun. It's like 100% how I like to play Magic. Yeah. Um, and playing that, like I got to play it in an actual GP main event this year, which yeah. was really cool. That is really cool. Yeah, I mean, I was playing the, the Naya version then with Punishing Fires. Yeah. But yeah, just being able to play like a deck that's firmly just how I like to play Magic. Um, I guess that that is my, so like, my current gripe with Modern. Like, I can't play a deck that I actually enjoy. Yeah. Whereas Maverick is just how I want to play Magic, regardless of whether it's good or not. Yeah. Um, but it turns out it's actually playable. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, Ma- Maverick won 100%, and I finally actually finished it in paper. Um, yeah, then, it always feels, like, just great to, like, finish a deck, like, in, in something like, even, like, Modern or, like, Legacy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, like, very much, it's just one of those things, like, obviously those decks, you're going to be able to play with those decks for a long time. Absolutely. And you can kind of like put your own spin on them in a way that you just can't with like standard decks. Like you can, you know, like 
play some like cool like basics. Like a lot of the cards will have like multiple different printings. You can you mm-hmm. do things like you've got your Japanese Gaia's Cradle, all yep. these things to kind of like really express yourself through the cards, and the deck just kind of becomes part of your identity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it certainly has. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, if I ever play in a questive format a deck that isn't green white, then uh, something has gone drastically wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I did play Amulet Titan for a while actually this year. Yeah, um, I, I'm quite curious yeah. by Amulet Titan myself. Uh, it's impossible to play. Do not play it unless you are willing to put in loads and loads of gold fishing hours. Um, uh, I mean, I've played played Lantern and Modern. You know? <laughs> yeah, sure. Like it's just it's finding lines and stuff. Like yeah, there is something like where you you look at your hand and you look at the the board state and you're like, I can't win from here. Yeah, but then you can. Yeah, you know, like you could you can win in a turn, but you actually go on and play an extra five turns because you don't know the deck inside out. Yeah, uh, which is why I put it down because I, I enjoyed it. Like, it's really good fun. There's a lot of uh, it's nice. So it's a, it's a, like a sort of fast linear combo deck, which is what um, modern is. But it's also there's a lot of play to it. Yeah, for sure. But there's too much play to it, and I'm just too stupid to play that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to wasteland some people and sure. ghost quarters and people. That's all I want to do. Or apparently just play some boggles because I have no soul. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if we're asking the question, what's my least favorite deck I've played this year? It's uh, 100% boggles. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah what's, what's your favorite deck you've played this year? And again, I think I definitely know the answer. Oh, uh, yeah. Hands down is like uh, Paradoxical Reservoir and Standard. Yeah, <laughs> not even close. Yeah, not even close at all. Like it mm-hmm. was just so much fun. Uh, again, like with that, I thought there was there's definitely some like intricacy in playing that deck, and like you have to work out like what should I be doing this turn? Like when should I be just going for like the the PO? Like, can I afford to sack these artifacts to Psy and give, like, if I top deck this, can I do this? And yeah, even just like finding like the right builds and sideboards was like really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like ever since like uh, Flux Reservoir was printed in standard, it was one of those cards that kind of like intrigued me. Like, I remember seeing like the um, the SRAM deck in modern that was like briefly a thing. Like, yeah. like that did like a thing, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's kind of cute. Like, it's it's probably not something I would play, but yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, and I think obviously as, as time went on and more cards were released, and uh, we just got sort of ever ever closer and closer to that deck kind of like actually being a thing. And I think it was like obviously with the release of Sai Master Thopterus that really kind of took it to like the top. Like that made it like an actual viable deck choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the fact that you could play so many zero mana artifacts and paradoxical outcome was was great. It was just just so much fun. Uh, yeah, like I I did all right with the deck. Like I managed to like I didn't wasn't playing much in paper at the time. Like while I was playing the deck, but I took it to some FNMs and like did fairly well there. Beat some like players that I I feel like are really really good Magic players locally with the deck. Uh, I took the deck to nationals as well. I was one of three people playing at nationals, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, although I, I don't think I I did particularly well overall at nationals. I was definitely definitely think I picked the correct deck for the day, um, and yeah, I, I don't know. It just felt cool like doing doing okay with that deck and being like one of three people playing it. Uh, I got to play on like table one as well, which was really cool. It was the first time I'd done that in such a large yeah, tournament. That's... That's really cool. Yeah, I got obviously so, absolutely destroyed by uh, by Sammy Zekrom <laughs> playing like mono red or like red black, whatever it was. Sure. But it was yeah, it was it was a really cool game, really cool experience. Uh, yeah, I made managed to make more Thopters than Thopter tokens I own. I own a lot of Thopter tokens, so that was really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean that is definitely your invitational card, right? Paradox Kalakum. 
Yeah, probably. I yeah, I love that card. I just absolutely love that card. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, it's kind of wish like that the reservoir card had been uh, kind of stuck around the stand a bit more, or maybe just like paradoxical outcome, or just mm-hmm. something to make like Psy playable. Because I feel like as soon as that, as soon as the two rotation happened, Psy just really fell off the map, and I, I just don't think it's good enough anymore. Yeah, there's just no shell. Yeah, for that for that kind of uh, so is for, a, for that kind of card. A bit of a shame. So something slightly different. Uh, what is the best tournament you've played in this year? Uh, GP Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sort of. Uh, obviously, I guess. Um, yeah, just having having a legacy like, main event was great. Um, even though, I mean, my record was not good. Starting out on two draws in any event is not going to go well. Um, yeah, of course. But I just had a great time. Like even even playing to the last round of day one um, was like obviously there, there was no no chance I was ever making day two. But just yeah. playing uh, in a GP hall. Um, with so many other legacy players was just so sweet. Like I met a lot of really cool people, like had a lot of good conversations over the day with just like loads of legacy players. Yeah. Which just sort of um I know it was just it was just really cool just to play my favourite format, my favourite deck, and have a great time doing it. Yeah, I'm good I couldn't make it to that one because like yeah. when do we get like a legacy GP? Yeah, it's just yeah. just never. That's that's why that's why I went and, and also it was like literally a twenty five minute drive from my front door. Yeah, that's really sweet. Which is great. I, I like uh, just just drove, got to drive home, sleep in my own bed, and then get up in the morning and go to a GP. Yeah, it's so awesome. so good. Um, uh, and all the artists there were great. I got to like talk to a lot of really sweet artists. Got to talk to Dan Fraser, which was really sweet. Yeah, uh, I think that really like, cool guy comboed with the uh, the Gary Campbell win, kind of just puts mm-hmm. a, a nice nice cherry yeah, on the top of that GP. Yeah, it was also just an awesome tournament. Um, yeah, Gary Campbell winning it was just like really nice. Yeah, um, had a great time, uh, and also got to speak to a lot of people who <laughs> don't live in Birmingham and are surprised about how horrible Birmingham is. So. <laughs> nice. Just so many people was like, "Oh, so how are you finding Birmingham?" They're like, "It's awful." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> I've lived here for like twenty years. Yes, it is. It is truly awful." Yeah, I think so, that's yeah, why it's there'd just... never be like a Grand Prix Newcastle or like Grand Prix Sunderland or something because the northeast's kind of like just grim. Oh man, like Newcastle's good. Yeah, I mean we couldn't host a GP. Like, there's no way. Yeah, that, that. I think that's part. That's main, the main problem. Is yeah. like you don't have the facilities. This is true. But also, it's a bit of a trek. Yeah. <laughs> I guess with like Birmingham and London, it's sort of fairly easy to get to. Yeah, for sure. Like there are public transport links for like everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's only like one far and away my my favorite event of the year. Um, and I mean, just just having a GP. Like, yeah close to my house <laughs> the dream it's so good yeah sweet mm-hmm. uh, what was your favourite tournament of the year so yeah speaking of like horrible places in the UK to, to go and play magic mm. uh, I think this year's nationals in Watford was uh, was probably my favourite <laughs> event of the year <laughs> hey man I, it's alright I can I can talk crap about Birmingham because I live here and was born here <laughs> talking crap about Watford when you're not from there that seems dangerous oh it I mean it, it just wasn't nice. <laughs> like, the tournament was great. The place where the where the the tournament was held was, was nice enough. But yeah, yeah I, I think like yeah, like nationals a bit of a, a strange one. Obviously, they they are now no longer a thing, which I, th- I think is kind of a crime against magic. Yeah. Uh, and the the two that we've had have been like in just kind of strange locations. So the first one that we had uh, since they came back was in Derby, which yep. isn't like. Not kind of like the first place you think of when you think of like, you know, English Magic: The Gathering National Championships. 
And the venue can... in Derby was amazing. Like the roundhouse was was incredible. Yeah, yeah. It was really I cool. Can... I am actually allowed to talk crap about Derby as well because my nan lives there. <laughs> so it, uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the best place I've been to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, then, yeah, like Watford wasn't great either. Um, yep. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the yeah, the locations were very very strange. The venues themselves both time were, were, were great, but uh, yeah, the, it was the tournament. Like the tournament was like hands down the best tournament I've been to this year. Just mm-hmm. loved that like split format of like standard and. Uh, draft was really really cool. Yeah, was a bit disappointed that the draft this year was uh, was M nineteen and not Dominaria because I think that would have been like just incredible. Uh, probably yep. would have done a little bit better, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, given that oh, I don't know, like so, like my first draft, like I opened a nickel bolus and then I'm I'm cut from like the Grixis colors immediately by everybody else in my pool. Yeah, sure, that seems unreasonable. That was a thing, and then like my opponent had like three heroic. Is it heroic intervention? Not heroic intervention. Heroic reinforcements, is that card? Uh, the red, white, red, red white token card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Red, my red round one had like three of those in his deck. And, Ooh, sweet. Yeah, so it was horrible. Horrible to be Yeah, that seems, that seems uh, broken. Yeah, yeah. Died on turn five both games. Yeah, you will do if they have three of that card. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then like went 2 1 in the second draft. So that one was fine, but yeah, I think Dominaria just would have been better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just like uh, the Nationals events are great. Like anything. anything that is run by Axion is always fantastic and I think yep. we don't really get kind of like a, a Grand Prix like alternative really like obviously in in America they have like the Star City Games circuit and like I'm sure there are like the other equivalents elsewhere like obviously you've got like big events that Haruya run in Japan and like there's just mm-hmm. there's just no kind of equivalent for that in the UK like there is no kind of big uh, yeah, I guess there's no kind of real like kind of competitive magic circuit or anything really is there no because I mean in, in uh, Europe you have like the magic card for market series or whatever yeah. that is whatever I can't remember the name off the top of my head um, but you have that and like that's actually really well supported and really well funded um, obviously yeah America has the SG tour um, yeah we have uh, nothing to rival it we have uh, Axion's events every every few months which are obviously like, amazing yeah definitely but in terms of like a, a regular circuit to compete in um, and like take trophies home yeah really much. just some sort of like large event like like nationals where you had like a 500 player main event Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like action, action are absolutely fantastic at what they do. But like they're not the host. Like the obviously the the big events they do. Like you're not going to get 500 people turning up to them each time. Yep. So it, yeah, it's it's something that I'm really sad that we are losing in in 2019. I think nationals was a was a fantastic event, and I know there are there are there are whispers of uh, of action running something like that again uh, this year. So I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. But it would be really cool if 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 not action, someone like Magic Manhouse or some of a you know, large tournament organizer would sort of step in and just just run something. Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd like to see that a lot. Sick. Cool. So, what has been your favorite set released in 2018? Uh, are we talking standard sets? Are we talking supplementary products? Let's go standard sets first. Uh, Dominaria. Yeah. And it's uh, I don't think it's close for me personally. Yeah, I, I which is there. surprising because I mean. Girls of Ravnica had Selesnya in. Yeah. <laughs> my favourite guild. This is true. But they are not Slimefoot, so yeah. <laughs> that's the, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah, I just think, it, like, Dominaria had everything for me. Like, it, it had some sweet Constructor cards. Um, it had the best limited format I've played since I've started playing Magic. Yeah, uh, quite quite possibly. I think, like... Outside of cubes and stuff. Uh, yeah. I think, I think obviously, Khans was very, very good, but... 
Mm-hmm. I think Dominaria is probably probably easily just slotted itself into the best like top five limited, if not top three limited environments of all time, just instantly. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like um, to play it again, like in a few months' time, or even like a few years' time, just to see how kind of kind of like stands up to limited environments of the future, or like maybe oh, do, yeah. do like a back to back like cons draft into a Dominaria draft or something, see how that stands stands up, but. Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah, Dominaria was just like almost perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I think like the obviously the flavor and the lore was really really good. Yeah. Um, even if the actual official magic story was a bit lackluster. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we had our episode covering that where we just mocked it the entire time. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just every everything about it was just was just so good and um, just made me really excited to play magic. Like every week, I I wanted to draft um, Dominaria as much as possible. Yeah, like, I skipped a Guild of Ravnica pre-release to draft Dominaria. Yeah, that seems like a perfectly reasonable, yeah. a perfectly defensible position to take. Oh, it um, might have been M19, I can't quite remember. It was definitely definitely one of them. Oh, definitely, uh, yeah, a much lesser set, yeah, yeah. sure. Um, and, obviously, it gave us the, the worst card in standard, uh, Teferi, Hero of Dominaria. Yep. Um, just, just, you know, single-handedly ruining a format. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not true. That's completely unfair. Like, st- uh, standard is great, but... yeah. Um, it's given us a multi-format all-star, which is sweet. Yeah, definitely. Teferi has been absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to mention Slimefoot again, because I love that over. Slimefoot waved, yeah. He, he did wave. Yeah. Loads of times. <laughs> Too much, some would say. Yeah, I, I think, like, the set was just... The, the set was, was pretty close to perfect. Like, mm-hmm. the first set Richard Garfield's worked on since Innistrad, which was yeah. also another set which was, like, right up there. I think it's, like... See his like feels very strange to say this, but like his fresh eyes on the on the game. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like kind of like really kind of like is is definitely a, a positive. He can kind of come in not sort of tied to any recent designs, any sort of future designs, and mm-hmm. you can just kind of look at it from a more like just objective, like outside of the game standpoint like, viewpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like that that combined with just his ability to just create good games. Yep. His air uh, was was fantastic for the set. It was just filled with like all of the law, all of the right law in the right places, which really tied in nicely to the whole twenty fifth anniversary theme. Yeah, like it just felt like the perfect way to celebrate twenty five years of magic. Like even even if nothing else this year really did, Dominaria just yeah. absolutely just got it spot on. One hundred percent. Um, uh, like sagas. Yeah. Really, really cool design. Yeah. Um, some of them a little too good, some of them a little too bad. Sure. But in terms of card design and just they, they captured everything. They they were really well designed, really cool, uh, really fun to play, and obviously like they actually were able to tell a story in yeah. a single piece of cardboard, which is um just one I think one of the like the big wins for that set. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, the fact that like the, the sagas were kind of like kind of like nothing we've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And I mean I think they are primarily just a complete Richard Garfield design, but just the fact that he's still able to give us something like that like 25 years later is just incredible real testament to the true genius that yeah. he has yeah absolutely i uh, i think it would it be safe to assume that that is also your favorite set release this year yeah hands down yeah <laughs> yeah i think even like taking supplementary products into into account like just just any any magic product released this year like dominaria has hands down just just been the best one i think yeah, I think I, I I asked whether it was supplementary or standard sets, but yeah, you know, I think I think I agree. Just out of what everything released this year, um, the product that I've enjoyed sort of as a whole the most is definitely Dominaria. Yeah, definitely. Sweet, sweet. 
So speaking of sets, then, what's your favourite limited environment been this year? Um, <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's a fair question. Following yeah. on, uh, yeah, that that would be that would be Dominaria. Yeah, I would I would agree as well. There, uh, hands down, I think it was definitely the best limited set. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you feel about Constructed though? For Constructed, yeah. For, um, uh, I think the best set is Girls of Ravnica. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I agree with you. I think I did initially just have like Dominaria in mind for that as well because I kind of fixated mm-hmm. on just the absolute dominance to fairies had in like every single format. Yes. But yeah, you want to go ahead and explain why Guilds of Ravnica has been the best set for Constructed this year. So yeah, the um, sort of I was thinking Dominaria because you obviously you have uh, Teferi who's just been yeah like you say dominant yeah. in uh, pretty much every format you can possibly play them in. Um, and then the other big hitters are History Benalia yeah. and Lyra and to a lesser extent Khan. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they're obviously like very very impactful cards. They've made big waves in um, at least standard, if not uh, format other formats. But um, that's sort of where it where it sort of stops on very playable cards. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you have the Checklands. Uh, but sort of you have the you have the big hitters in 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 those four cards, uh, those four mythics, and then it sort of falls off. But Guilds of Ravnica is just full of hits for a number of formats. Yeah. Um, like you have um, Arclight Phoenix, I think is probably like the most important card from that set. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Um, Defined standard for a while, though I'm not sure it's currently being played in the the Drake's deck. Yeah, no, they've definitely sort of fallen out of favor recently. Mm-hmm. But obviously, like modern, it's really it's sort of taken modern by storm yeah. um, in, in in that deck. You have Assassin's Trophy, which is not as good as we all thought it was, but it's still very much playable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's still, like, played in, in a number of formats. Um, you, then you just have, like, you know, Deafening Clarion. Yeah. You have um, Experimental Frenzy. Yeah. Which, you know, created uh, an archetype. Uh, you have Radical... Uh, not Radical, uh, Risk Factor. Yeah. So for that, you have Night of Autumn, um, which is seen play across a number of formats. Um, Conclave Tribunal. Yeah. Just it's so many cards. You have obviously the Shocklands. Yeah, I mean, like Goblin and Lecromancer got a reprint. Like, yeah. Yeah, so many good cards that are either new or reprints. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of like either contributed or sort of added to new sort of decks and archetypes or just, just reprints of staples. Like Narcomoeba. I still forget yeah. that that card is, is in the set because like yeah, nobody plays it in standard or... Mm-hmm. Modern or anything really, but yeah, just the fact that it was re- reprinted is, is definitely a win for the set. Yeah, uh, I would just like to backtrack briefly before I get loads of angry comments. Um, also, Dominaria had Goblin Chainwiler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to forget to mention that when I yeah. said that it only has four big hitters and didn't say Goblin Chainwiller. Yeah, that is that is <clears throat> that is fair. <laughs> yeah, that's a stupid mistake by me. That was a sort of, sort of the, the the most played card in, in standard for quite some time. But yep. even considering Goblin Chainwiller, I still don't think it's better than uh, Guilds of Ravnica. Yeah, I, I agree, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's it's just added so much. Like, we've got, got Creeping Chill for Dredge and Modern, which has just turned that deck, like, just up so many notches. Yeah. It's a, it's a great it's a great set, and... <clears throat> I mean, I could just I just list cards, just cards all day at random, as I remember, <laughs> at the top of my head, and we've got Nymph Misset. Yeah, Chromatic so, Lantern. Like, it's, actually, it's actually just completely busted. Yeah. Crackling Drake, you know, a Thousand Year Storm. Yeah. Soon to be sensible, for I'm sure. It's fantastic. Yeah, so, I can't wait for Wonder Vertebrae to be broken as well. That's something I'm looking forward to. When that really happens. happens. <laughs> it's There's happen. no way that could ever happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, I think, hands down, Girls of Ravnica. I, I, I know there's some recency bias because uh, it's you know, the last set we've had, but um, yeah, Girls of Ravnica just the best constructed set. 
Yeah, I, I would agree there as well, definitely. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, what was your favourite card released this year? Yeah, uh, that's that's just Night of Autumn. <laughs> yeah, no surprises <laughs> there. Absolutely no one. Yeah, um, the card's great. It's uh, it was it's playable in standard. I was playing it for a while in the Slizny deck. Um, very good in modern. It's just sort of replacing Reformation Sage. Yeah. Um, it's even just good enough to be in humans, despite it, the fact that it's not a human and it has a restricted mana cost. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just as so much. Uh, green Sanzina thing, green Sanzina thing for it in Legacy is just absolutely great. Um, it has fantastic art. Yeah. The art on it is just so nice. Um, it has a little Celestial watermark, which is obviously just makes <laughs> cards just makes cards so much better than than other cards. Um, and yeah, it's just just fantastic. It's just like yeah. my favorite card of the. I think okay. it's being criminally underplayed in standard currently, and I think it's going to be a massive breakout card for 2019. Well, I'm glad I've got my two playsets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many of that card. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, 3 mana 4 3. Yep. Who doesn't want 3 mana 4 3? That deals with enchantments. Yeah, and yeah. you can just gain for life when you're getting beaten down by um, by red decks. It's, Seems uh, good. Seems good. Such a sweet card. Sweet. So, yeah, uh, after that surprise, no one. Um, <laughs> what's, uh, what's your favourite card that's been released this year? Uh, yeah, again, one which will surprise absolutely nobody. It is a Zai mm. Master Thopterist. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, yeah, just amazing. Like, three mana, one, four. Fine, whatever. Uh, yeah, that's a that's, creature. That's why it's so good. It's a three mana, one, sure. four. The perfect stats. Whenever <laughs> <laughs> you cast an artifact spell, create a one, one colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. Just amazing. Yep. Just, yeah, the fact that that card made that, that Paradox Clark come Reservoir deck, like, a thing like it really really did uh, the fact that it's being played in like the sideboard of affinity and modern now uh, like you mm-hmm. can probably play it in like vintage sideboards easily you could probably yep. play it main deck and vintage to be honest um, yep. and then yeah like I'm also going to play it in my, my legacy sideboard and see uh, see if I can break legacy in 2019 that's uh, that's my, my goal that's your news resolution. Yeah, it is. To break legacy. Break legacy with, uh, with Monastery Mentor and Master Thopterist. Can't do that when I'm playing so many Night of Orms. Yeah, <laughs> this is true, this is true. I would also uh, go out on a limb to say that uh, Sai has the best moustache of the year. Um, hmm, quite possibly, yeah. yeah. On a magic card, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's a pretty good one. I'm a fan. Yeah, I can't really think of many other cards that have had fantastic moustaches this year, given Lime exactly. Tags didn't have the... Uh, the classic art reprint. I mean, it gets an honorary moustache, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Because of the, the correct original art. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, but like, hmm, I'm going to think about this now. <laughs> the moustache of the year. Yeah, moustache of the year. Well, that's uh, that's certainly the episode title sorted, right? Yeah, sure. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> moustache of the year. Moustache of the year. Definitely. Yeah, it has to go to side hands down, really. Yeah, he's just a very fancy guy. Yeah. Yeah, the card's great. The card's sweet. It's definitely the kind of thing I want to be doing. Uh, it is just it's such just such a good engine like so you you're casting an artifact and then you get an artifact and then you have the two artifacts to sacrifice to draw the yep. card it's yeah it's just great and the uh, the like the one four body is fine like you're gonna block plenty of things on the ground mm-hmm. it's just a fantastic card and I'm very very happy that it exists yeah yeah it's, uh, that's uh, obviously not a surprise either yeah wow <laughs> we should have said something like really stupid yeah like uh, a rally example of justice my card of the air yeah that would have like that would have been, that yeah, would like, have been to be honest my, yeah my 
it, I did have to have to think about it as well because, like, obviously, like Teferi was a thing, but like my other main consideration was Nexus of Fate. Really? Yeah, Nexus of Fate almost almost took my my favorite card release this year. I mean, that card is great. Yeah, that I think it's frustrating. Yeah, I think like because of so much controversy it caused, and mm-hmm. just how interesting the card is. Like, when do we get like instant speed taking extra turn cards? Like, when do we get a seven mana instance that are playable in standard? Yeah, I think that's seven mana think anything every... that's played in playable in standard really. Like every part of that that card, like whether it's the actual card, the art, the controversy around it, like everything, every part of it is really interesting, and there's a lot to be said about it. Yeah, definitely. So um, it did it did almost make my card of the air list for for the many reasons. But it's not your boy with a mustache. Yeah, can't can't say no to say. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was nothing nothing particularly close to night form. Uh, maybe the new trust Arnie, but you know, that, that's basically more more of the same, isn't it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one I play in commander and one I play in legacy. So <laughs> cool. Sweet. So, what card has your opinion changed on the most this year? Um, well, I guess I guess I'd have to say slippery boggle, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, I think I think my opinion on that has uh, firmly stayed the same. Yeah, for sure. Like. The cards got. I mean, the cards fine. The deck's garbage, but it it puts up results. So you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, I get to play it. Um, no, I think um, the card that my opinion has changed most on is probably Collector Company. Sure. Um, which is upsetting because that was you know one of my favorite cards ever. I used to play that card like religiously in modern. Yeah. And you just can't do that anymore unless you're playing spirits. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess it's it's, it's it, the card has just become just so much less playable. Um, than it was, um, and it was sort of a t- like anything playing collector company was it was a tier one strategy for for so long and modern. Um, with the Amazon company decks, with the you know the, the sort of the green white knight of the reliquary deck, yeah, um, spirits. I mean, humans was playing it for a while before they refined the list, and then it's just it, you just shouldn't really play that card unless you're playing exactly spirits. Yeah, why, like, why do you think that is? Is it just like not fast enough anymore? Or? Yeah, because I think the, there was a time where. So, so there was a time where Collector's Company wanted to hit combo creatures. Yeah. Where you wanted to assemble your Kitchen Finks or your Devoted Druid combo. And then there was a time where it was just best to hit good value creatures. So your Eternal Witnesses and your Knight of Autumn. Not your Knight of Autumn, your, your Eternal Witness and your Knight of the Reliquary and stuff like that. And just um, be efficient. So you get six mana worth of um, value creatures for four mana at yeah. speed. That was the correct thing to do. And now it's just putting aggro on the field. Like, I think that's just the correct thing to be doing. Sure. Because you have to be quick, and you have to you have to beat really fast decks in modern currently. Um, so I think putting like supreme phantoms and drug score captains into play um, is probably very good, and you still have the flexibility to play it um, yeah. with spell color and reflect mage. Yeah, for sure. While also applying like a crap ton of pressure. Yeah, I think that's that's what's why, and uh, that's sort of I guess the, my opinion has changed for, like from a personal point of view because I used to love that card, and now I just I, I don't want to play that card. Like I literally sold my Japanese copies of that card. Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah you, you know I think. That that shows enough about how much my my opinion of that card has changed. The fact that I sold my copies. Yeah, I guess I guess it's I just, collected. just one of the problems in modern, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Can I? Yeah. Can I actually change my answer? My, the card my uh, opinion has changed most on this year is uh, every card in modern format. Yeah. Does that count as an answer? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, th- I think also that that has been my opinion on that has been very well documented on this podcast. Sure. Sure. But yeah, that, that's 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 most of that one. What's your uh, what, what, oh, it's really hard to say this question what card has your opinion changed on most this year there you go so mine is also a card that has, uh, has definitely definitely been a playable card in modern this year mm-hmm. and that is Jace the Mind Sculptor mm. 
That was a good one. Yeah, so again, for like for slightly similar reasons, I guess. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Jace was never legal and modern before this year. Yep. Just ever, just as soon as like during my, I guess, modern inception. Like, mm-hmm. well, we're going to pre-ban Jace. It's banned and standard. It's too good. It's going to be too good. It's going to be too powerful. And we all thought that was completely reasonable and fine. Yeah, and no sure. one had any We've all played with the card in Legacy. Like, heard the horror stories from Standard at the time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Jason Myerscopter, you know, was Magic's boogeyman. Yep. So it was unbanned this year, uh, and I think pretty much instantaneously we all, all all just kind of thought, "Well, that's it. The sky's fallen. That's modern ruined. <laughs> that is uh, Jace how is too powerful. Jace is too good for modern." Uh, and yeah, very quickly was found to be like, like, I don't know, it was quite strange. So obviously at first people were just trying to cram Jace into like literally whatever they could. Yep, guilty. So, just, uh, <laughs> so many, so many lists that like, so many 5-0 lists that just had like, just Jace as a one of like, just because, just because yep. the card, the card is, is so powerful. Like there's no doubting, uh, there's no doubt how powerful the card is. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think it didn't take people very long after that to realise that like well Jace isn't kind of like just not even really that playable like you can play him in like a blue white deck or like a Jeskai deck as like a two of or something maybe but mm-hmm. it just definitely was not this like just format destroying like monster that we all thought it, it probably was going to be yeah it's it's interesting because um, the sky was falling and modern was ruined forever but in no way by Jace yeah yeah <laughs> I think I think like honestly, it, it did have an effect on the format. Like, you unbanned, um, you know, Jace and Bloodbraid Elf, yeah. and everyone thought that was going to be too good. Yeah, for sure. And then you realised that they were nowhere near good enough. Yeah. Um, and then I think that was that was the interesting thing. It's like, oh, these cards are going to be busted. They're going to break the format. Like, this is way too good. Yeah. And it it didn't even get to a point where it was just like, oh, these cards are just good and they're just fine, and I'm glad they've been unbanned. It's just these cards are just bad. You shouldn't be playing these cards in your deck. Yeah, I, um, I think I think it kind of is. I think the format is the way it is as a as a side effect of that though I think which yeah, kind absolutely. of like my I guess my sort of view on it at the time was like oh like like Blood Red Elf will have like the bigger impact of the two cards like straight away like Blood Red Elf is actually more scarier card but the side effect of Jace being legal is that people will kind of try to fine tune and speed up their decks as much as possible just to get just to, to win the game before people, your, your opponent can resolve a Jace and I think I think that kind of is what's happened, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. These cards just they just were obviously too cumbersome. They were yeah. far too slow for the format and people just kinda of managed to get under them. And then those cards have stopped being played. I mean like yeah, like J- Jace is playable in, you know, the the, the blue, white and the Jesco decks, which yeah, aren't sure. particularly good right now anyway. Um and Teferi's probably just better in that deck anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like J- Jund is playable somehow. I still don't understand how that deck is like putting up results. Maybe I'm just bad at magic. Um but yeah, people just just that was sort of the evolution of the format. It's like, okay, well, Jason Blood Brady illegal. Let's we need to be fast to get under Jace. Yeah. Um, and then they just kept getting faster, and then Jace just became unplayable. But the format stayed fast. Yeah, definitely. And now it's just a competition of who can combo the quickest. Yeah. Um. Why do? Why does this always happen? Every podcast we have, regardless of the topic, we all just like <laughs> we just, just talk about how, how degenerate modern is. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's you know. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe we'll see these things change in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, like, obviously, like, other form- formats, like, we had some big shake-ups in Legacy, for example, and 
I think like they were absolutely for the best. Like even if I was playing, like oh, yeah. I, I was playing attacks and probes at the time. Like uh, I think like yeah, you look at the state of legacy compared to the state of modern. And, like legacy is just just a much better format in like every single way, bar oh, it's entry so price really. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like it's much better. It's far easier to play fair magic. Yeah. Um, and actually have long games where decisions matter and you're interacting with your opponent. I think that is that is largely part of the existence of Forceable. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, but yeah, Legacy is just it's just the best format, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, will continue to be until they sort modern out. <laughs> if if they sort modern out, I I mean when we get onto our section where we predict 2019, I have some predictions. Sure. All right. Regarding modern. Let's yeah. Why don't we move on to that now and let's see let's see then what are your what are your predictions for 2019. Uh, that magic dies. Uh, arena is the only way you can play magic, and uh, I never touch the game again. <laughs> okay, but are the cards edible? <laughs> Ooh, uh, I mean they are edible. I have eaten a magic card. <laughs> they weren't. It wasn't nice or good for me. Sure, but it was right. edible. I could put it in my mouth, chew it, and swallow it. Sure. <laughs> um, PSA listeners, do not do not eat the cards. <laughs> uh, I'll do what you want. Oh, actually, I didn't check if they were vegan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, I think it's worth it. <laughs> uh, I mean that I, that is obviously obviously <laughs> exaggeration. Yeah, sure. Probably, but that kind of informs how I feel about magic and how it's going to be. I am I am honestly worried about it. Okay. Because I, I know that I know that magic is, um, you know, that that's just the the way it, the way magic works and the way that magic players work and just everything. Anytime anything changes, like the the, the sky is falling and yeah, sure. everything's going to be terrible and magic's going to die. But. Uh, it, I mean, it does worry me. Like they're putting so much focus on arena, yeah. Um, and it's just becoming disappointed. Even though it's still in beta, and they've announced millions of dollars worth of prizes. Um, yeah, I, that... I think like I think arena has been a far bigger success, far faster than I I think they predicted. Yeah, I think anyone predicted. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Yeah, we um, agree there. And I think uh, yeah, I think they're they're rapidly being told by you know. Suits at Hasbro to, to kind of shift your focus slightly, make sure this is, you know, this is clearly where the eyes are as far as like the the audience is considered. So let's let's try and get their wallets as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this this is what I'm worried about is that there's there's so much focus on Arena. Obviously, it is a good product. It is it is inherently good for the game of Magic, but I can just see it taking too much of the focus so that paper just stops just sort of stops being supported. Sure. And maybe it's not my prediction for 2019. Like, maybe it takes five years or so. Maybe it takes ten years. But there's a point at which they just stop making paper magic cards. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think I, I agree, agree with you to, to an extent there. Definitely. Like, I think I, I think there's, there's a lot riding on this year and next year in particular, as far as like this kind of new digital frontier goes. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think we're we're in for some some exciting times. I think I think eventually, like, they probably do just have to stop. Printing magic cards eventually, but I don't know. I don't know when that'll be. I don't know whether that'll be a cause of, you know, or an effective arena or what. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think you're probably right as far as like uh, support for paper magic goes. Like we're definitely, definitely seeing the dwindling of that. Like already, like stuff like uh, changing up the organized play programs. Obviously, we've lost nationals now. That was a big thing. Might not have been a big thing for America, but certainly was for a lot of countries in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then even stuff like getting rid of like store championships and was was a bit of an odd one, I think. Like, I'm not sure where like 
if there's any plans for them to bring them back or not. But the uh, yeah, the Corset 2019 store championship was the last official store championship. Yeah, we had uh, we had Ravnica weekend for Guilds of Ravnica, and then Ravnica Allegiance will also have a Ravnica re- uh, weekend. This time it will have a a store championship play mat for it though. Okay. Uh, but the event isn't isn't called store championships, and as far as I can tell, it doesn't look like they have any plans to bring them back. Wow. Okay. So I think like yeah, I think combining that with like the whole like push for for play on arena at the high level competitive play, and the whole deal with like uh, like Amazon and like big box like, uh, retailers and stuff in America, mm-hmm. I, th- I think the kind of like a real shift from playing in, in stores and like the WPN especially is like it's really really going to be lost I think this year yeah definitely I mean, this is this is what I mean, it's, it's a little bit tinfoil hat but yeah. this is this is much work so I mean I play magic because it's paper because I get to go out and play with my friends and meet people and actually have a good time like in a physical space not just sitting on my computer sure um, I have no real like I, like I haven't played arena in months honestly um uh and I have no interest in playing Arena particularly. Yeah. Like, I'll play Magic Online because I like playing Cube when the cubes are up. Yeah. Because I like cubing. But I don't want to just have to play Magic Online. Yeah, for like, sure. Uh, when I say Magic Online, I mean play Magic on the Digitally, internet, not, yeah. not, not, not play Magic the Gathering Online. Um, but... Yeah, this is this is my problem. It's like if if that if that's what's happening happening, um, it's probably good for the game. It's good for Magic as a brand. It's good for Hasbro um, and everything. But uh, I just won't play Magic anymore. Yeah, for sure. Like if, if it's just digital, then why I won't play it? Because um, I have no interest in doing that. And if I'm going to play video games, which I don't really do anyway, if I'm going to play video games, I want to play video games. I don't want to play a car game on a video game. Yeah, I get that. Um, so I think it's just. We still have announcements to go, right? So we got that sort of weird announcement about um, the way that competitive play is going to change, and we don't actually know much about the specifics. Yeah, for sure. A la Watsi. <laughs> I think 2018 was certainly the year that Watsi gave us half announcements all the time. Yeah, definitely. And backtracked. Um, but once we know more, like, the actual um, specifics, maybe I'll change my mind. Um, but I, 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 I do just worry that the paper game is just going, it is going to die at some point. Yeah, I, I, think, I think we're in... A- a very transitional period for Magic. I think obviously Wizard of the Coast said very much that that would be the case for 2019. I think it might extend into 2020 as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's a strange one because obviously the the idea is that you know Arena is is accessible. It's great for new players. Uh, it's great for for you know streaming and content creation and stuff, which gets new eyes, new blood into the game. So yep. you'll learn to play on Arena and then. Uh, from there, you'll transition into playing paper magic, going to stores, go to GPs, go to magic fests or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think uh, my my worry is that there there is a, a big focus being taken away from playing from playing in stores, from you know things like store championships and things which give you a reason to play in stores. Like uh, obviously, like you do have the social aspects of it. Uh, and yeah, I think they they've shown that they will happily enough take things away. So stuff like F and M promos, like mm-hmm. when they discontinued F and M promos, like they didn't think twice about that. They had no problem with taking them away. And yep. then they were like, "Oh, well, we're going to replace replace them with tokens." Uh, so now you, you don't really have 
you know, strong incentives to go to F and M. Yeah, outside like, of like we, you do it for the social thing or whatever. And, yeah, the attendance at F and M after that decision like plummeted. Yeah, we, used to, we used to have like fifty people every F and M and every format fired. Yeah, and as soon as that happened, it just died. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, like, wh- whether or not that has anything push. to do with the what you know, whether it was like a fatal push promo that month or whatever, like mm-hmm. yeah. didn't really matter. I think it was just like, oh, here's a little thing that you get just for turning up or you're doing well or whatever. This is the yep. thing. This is the norm. This is fine. And I think like just the fact that they messed with it and removed it, yeah, kind of left it just a bit of a sour, sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. Yeah, I agree. So I think that they're obviously they they're very clear to show that they will do things like that and they will take things away. And yes, F and M promos are back currently, but they can just just they can discontinue them whenever they want. Like they don't have yep. to do F and M promos. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, or or like I don't know. Like it would be. It would be nice to see them kind of link in store, especially like WPN play with Arena in some way, but I just don't see them having any reason to. Like, I think things, again, like it gets a little bit tinfoil hatty, but if you, you look at the whole thing with like the Amazon stuff and like um, the selling stuff like the Guild of Ravnica Mythic Edition through the Hasbro Toy Shop, it seems to be very much there, like just trying to do shift everything back to themselves or back to like through like global distribution channels rather than like having things in store so rather than like you buying a box from your store and now you can like directly buy a box from Wizards of the Coast through Amazon mm-hmm. or you can now you can like or rather go into store to play at F&M I'm going to spend like $5 on Arena and do a draft that yep. money goes straight to Wizards rather than to a store yep so uh, yeah, I think we're we're seeing a lot of signs where, uh, yeah, I just yeah, I I just don't have a lot of faith in them. I think is 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 my issue. And I think 20, I think a lot of things that have happened in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen have are very much responsible for that. Yeah, I, mean, and I think if you look at it from a, a company who kind of wants to spend as little as possible to make as much mm-hmm. as possible, which is kind of Hasbro's end game, really. Like, why why wouldn't you just shift your focus to Arena? Completely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I can understand why they're doing it. It financially makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some financial sense somewhere in the the competitive play announcements. Yeah. Um. Uh. But, I mean, financially, like you know, printing magic cards is expensive. Distribution is expensive. Um. All, all of these things are, are much more expensive. And on Arena, they're free. Like, obviously, you have to pay people to run your program. Yeah. Updates yeah. and everything like that. But in, in terms of like. You're you're already paying people to do that with the um, with the paper game, yeah. But then also on top of that, you have to pay distribution and the actual printing of physical magic cards, yeah, and everything like that. And there's there's a lot of things that just become a lot easier for them if they're able to just go exclusively online. And the fact the fact that it is so successful, the fact that it is such a good program um, and is miles better than MTGO in terms of just how it works and and how it is. It's is, a lot more. Um, it's a lot more user-friendly for people who are used to playing video games rather than playing Magic. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas people that play Magic, it's a little bit infuriating. Yeah, like, yeah give me Modo mm-hmm. any, any day of the week, to be honest. Honestly, but... I just prefer to play Modo like, all the time, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I know it has its flaws. Yeah, it absolutely, yeah, it absolutely does have, have its flaws, but Arena does too, currently. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, this, is, this is my real worry, that um, it's just going to... And I think, I think 2018 has proved that, just the, the way that Watsy handle things, they just... 
I don't know. I'm worried that it just goes online and I don't get to play Magic anymore. Yeah. Which, you know, considering it's my main hobby and interest and what I spend most of my time and money doing, you know, um, that's, that's that worries me. But other than that, um, I guess it's just it's the lack of support of paper products as well, like from the vaults dead, um, you know, massive sets are dead. Yeah. Like, it's... There's a lot of things adding up to a lot to, to a lot to worry about, I think. Yeah, I, but, I think that's it. I think we just... We don't have a lot of solid information or any information in some areas and I think kind of like consumer confidence is right down um, I think amongst uh, I'd say the vast majority of, of um, I want to use the term indoctrinated players but I mean I guess it kind <laughs> of yeah I guess enfranchised players but I guess indoctrinated is kind of, kind of probably right isn't it uh, yeah I think I think word. those who are enfranchised don't really have a lot of consumer confidence currently um, given given just like the awful awful PR relations <laughs> the coast of Hard Shore pretty much the entirety to 2018. Yep. So I think that couple couple of that with like a fresh new audience who whose only experience of magic is Arena. Yep. I think the yeah I think I don't know it it just it just doesn't feel good. I think that's the problem. I think I think it 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 sounds a bit sensationalist to say it, but I, I think 2018 was the end of Magic: The Gathering as we know it. Absolutely. I don't um, mean that. Oh, that's it. The game's dead, or the game's dying, or whatever. I think mm-hmm. I I personally think that Arena will be fantastic for the the health of the game. I think already we're seeing a massive influx of new players and new eyes. But I think it's that's very much the beginning of this new sort of digital age for Magic and. We're going to be exploring new territory, and a lot of things are going to change. So I, I think it is fair to say it's the end of magic as we know it. But I do not think it's—I don't think it's, it's the end of magic. But as far as things like yeah, like GPs aren't called GPs anymore. Now it's Magic Fests. Uh, the Pro Tour is now the the Mythic Championship or the Mythic, mythic Tabletop Championship. Or, yeah. yeah. And it's also just completely different as well. It's not just a name change; it's like actually completely different. Yeah, it's completely different. It's the top thirty-two players now, and yeah, yeah. I, I think I think very much that. Like it is. While I don't think it's the end of magic, I think it's the end of magic as we as we knew, as we, we knew it. I guess. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, I understand it makes them a lot of money, but they were already making a crap ton of money, right? Yeah, for sure. Like magic is already successful and continues to be popular, and. All of this stuff, and they, you know, it was already attracting new players. And GPs have massive attendance for you know casuals and commander players and collectors and all, all sorts of people. And they they they're already successful. So sure, I understand that going online and being the new Hearthstone makes you a crap ton of money. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I guess what I wanted, and this is very selfish, right? This is very much informed by my by my interaction with the game. But I just wanted them to leave the Hearthstone to the Hearthstone, you know? Yeah. yeah. And just be Magic the Gathering, be a paper card game that will continue to prosper. It's, I mean, it's an archaic format, right? Like, sitting down across my person and playing, shuffling up a deck of actual pieces of cardboard and everything like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it still continues to prosper. I just wanted them to sort of stay that way. Um, because you can just leave the online card games to the online card games. But, you know, Arena Magic will be bigger than Hearthstone, I believe, once they start going mobile. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, if like, as, as far as, like, like pe- the people that are, like, watching the streams have been, like, ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, like, constantly, like, Magic is one of the one of the most streamed games. Well, Magic Arena is one of the most streamed games. Uh, like, big things like that, that Twitch, the, the Twitch Rivals tournament. Yeah, it was run by Twitch and was run better than any uh, WotC tournament ever. But <laughs> I disagree with that one massively. There were a lot. Oh of, yeah, 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 yeah. There were a lot, a lot of huge issues, but I, I just find yeah, it a huge issue. Like, I mean, yeah, like the like, yeah, there were 
oh, there were major issues with that tournament, like the fact that they, there wasn't a, like a proper tournament client for for them to play that tournament on. Like at the very least, like Wizards of the Coast could have given them some like some localized version of of the, the game which had like a proper tournament like structure built into it. Um, yeah, the fact that like there was a deck registration error for the whole of the top eight so like Caleb D ended up winning the tournament even though he didn't win his like win the last games or something yeah something happened with like the finals and then <clears throat> after the final match was played found that one of the players had had been playing like a different like main deck to the one that they'd registered and then they had to play another game and then Caleb won so like it's great that a magic player won but yeah. yeah, that tournament was was. I think that tournament just came far too early, to be honest. Yeah, um, I just I, I thought it was funny that they like Twitch actually run a tournament before what did. Um, I, yeah, I, like because it was best of one, so they had, but they were playing best of threes. Yeah, yeah. So they had to like repair all the time, and they had to keep repairing so the per, the correct person was on the play. Yeah, for sure. But I, I still um, I still think that like like Wizards of the Coast surely has like a like a dev version of of Arena where there'll be that. There'll be a version where you can play best of three against an opponent of your choice. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I think, like, if they could have just given them that to use, like a just like a uh, like a remote version of that to use mm-hmm. for that tournament, and just have them sign NDAs or something, like, why couldn't yeah. they just do that? Uh, I'm trying to show off this fancy new product as well, like you know. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I just I have a lot of issues with that with that tournament personally. Which yeah, actually, I guess I think, we'll, we'll save for an arena episode, I guess. But yeah, the best thing about it was just the fact that it was just on a Tuesday, <laughs> just like a random Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, on a Tuesday, and Magic had more views than Hearthstone on Twitch. It was like the yeah. was something like the fourth most streamed game at the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. It's just it's it's gonna Magic will be with the help of Arena. And with them designing cards specifically for Arena and like really supporting the format, will be the will be the, the biggest game. Sure, um, but yeah. I will have no interest in it because the reason I like Magic is not specifically because of my, it, it has all, it's all down to do with the fact that it's cardboard that I get to play with against a human being. Yeah, like that's why I like Magic. So I guess I don't know. I wasn't planning to really go there, <laughs> but that that is my that is those are my predictions of 2019. I guess. Sweet. Okay. Cool. Uh, Magic will die, and I'll never play it again. Oh no. Um, Better get learning chess. I'm quite good at chess. Sweet. I, yeah, I, I like chess a lot. Let's yeah, just play chess instead. Sure. Okay, what do we call our chess podcast? <laughs> sure. Our of, I'm trying to think of a pun between the word chess and the word devastation. No? No, no. 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 Um, but yeah, like, I, I, th- I think it's, I, I have a lot of things they, I hope they do outside of like big picture stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Unbanned Splinter Twin in Martin, right? Oh, yeah, I wish. I wish. It'd be so, be so good. Yeah. Um, destroy the reserve list um, which they'll never do but I want them to do it so that's my prediction yeah I, I'm still I'm still on the fence I'm still very heavily lean leaning towards getting rid of it but I don't know yeah I want to get rid of it but I understand they can't like yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I, I, I'm good I'm just I'm anxious to see what 2019 provides because I've sort of had a sour taste left in my mouth yeah the way that 2018 has ended from Watsy's point of view specifically yeah and the, the way that announcements have happened and, and what the announcements actually are like you know there's a, there's a lot to be uh, trepidatious about I guess yeah I, I think I think that they, I think I think overall I think I'm quite excited uh, just to see what happens this year so rather mm-hmm. than sort of sort of anxious I think I think because like I'm, I'm fairly comfortable with where I am with magic mm-hmm. now like 
I've found the formats that I want to play. Those formats aren't really supported by Wizards of the Coast at all, so like, what happens doesn't really doesn't really affect me. Like, I'll play standard like regularly because it's because it's standard and that's fine. I'll, I'll buy a standard deck for a GP, but yeah, I, I think personally, 2018 is is I think it's massively changed my attitude towards the game. And like, yeah, which is. Um, uh, which is annoying, I guess. Yeah, I think because I think, in uh, terms of the sorry, the actual in terms of the actual gameplay and the actual like you know formats and like the, how standard has evolved and become and you know modern is interesting at least and like legacy and stuff. And in terms of like actual magic, actually the actual sitting down of playing of magic has been really really good. Yeah, for sure. It's just the, the sort of I guess business side. Yeah, um, definitely. It's it kind of killed any problem. kind of like want or need I ever had to like do things like go to like pptqs and stuff and like play mm-hmm. ptqs at gps like that i feel like that's that's I, yeah it's almost pretty much gone any kind of desire to do that at this point for me personally yeah. i don't know whether or not it'll come back once they they actually kind of announce these tournaments for qualifying or like announce the proper event structures for these, these new things so i think I'm, i think i'm more excited than anything really uh, because like any changes that they do announce probably won't really actually affect me. Like as yeah, far that's as like, true. I think like actually I've, playing of the formats that I, I play and enjoy goes. Yeah, and I think I I, I, I completely agree. Like I think I found that 2018 was the year I figured out that I am firmly uh, an entrenched casual player. Like yeah. that's that's how I'd like you know describe myself. Yeah, for sure. I have no interest in playing competitive events particularly. Yeah. Like I'll play a GP main event if it's a cool format. Um, but I have no particular interest in grinding or you know getting to whatever. Yeah, it's like that. Like I, I like playing magic at a highly competitive level, mm-hmm. but just because I enjoy playing that type of magic rather than like I'm going to do this because I want, I want to like win this and I want to do this and I want to, you know, I want to be the best magic <clears> player ever. Like no, I I just want to play the best magic I can. Yeah, that's the thing. I like I enjoy playing. Um, I enjoy playing competitive high level magic with tier one decks, but yeah. I have no interest in getting anywhere with it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like that's definitely that's definitely where I am. Um, cool. Uh, I think my final. I think I want to know what's your prediction for the for the story. Where do you think we go? Uh, what's so, happening on Ravnica? Yeah, the story. Um, hmm, it's certainly an interesting one. I think, like, obviously, we don't know the, the name of the third Ravnica set, but we know it's set in Ravnica. We mm. know that you know everyone's back together like all the gate watcher there in Ravnica uh, it's going to be the the big I guess final for now because no doubt it'll come back the uh, the battle against Nicol Bolas uh, I I think that obviously they're going to win against Bolas but I think there'll mm-hmm. obviously be some sort of like fracturing of the gate watch I think that whole gate watch thing will come to a Conclusion. I think they'll win this battle against Bolas, but I don't think he ever really won the war against the God Pharaoh. Yep. Uh, so I think he'll he'll be critically wounded or thrown back in time or something, or we'll will fight to the death with Ugin. Like they'll both sort of die or something, or it'll be one of these like you know one can't exist without the other kind of thing between those two. And I, I think Ugin, I think Ugin will show up. Whether or not we'll get an Ugin Planeswalker card. I don't know. I would think probably likely we won't, but I think Ugin will will show up and be a sort of key part to the, the plot at some point. Yeah, uh, I would assume he'll, he'll 
yeah, if we do get a card, it'll be in in the the core set rather than uh, rather than the third Ravinger set. Uh, but yeah, I think that's what happens there. I think we, we'll get our we'll get our final showdown with Bolus. Uh, the Gate Watch will win, you know, but at what cost? Dot dot dot. And then I think from there we uh, we kind of splinter off slightly, and we we follow what's happening with Khan and the Phyrexians. I think that's my big my big prediction. My just blind prediction for 2019 would be that we're going to go back to New Phyrexia this year, or mm. if not New Phyrexia, uh, some some new plane that is being taken over by the Phyrexians. That would be sweet. Some new New Phyrexia, I guess. New New Phyrexia. Yeah. Like New York from Futurama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think right. So there are two. There are two scenarios, right? Sure. There's what I think is going to happen in uh, with Ravnica storyline, and what I want to happen. Yeah. So what I want to happen is that um, Bolas kills all the planeswalkers. Yeah. And then um, toys with Jace, yeah. and then brutally murders him one on one. That is what I want to happen. Sweet. That'd be great. Bolas wins, and brutally murders Jace because Jace is a whiny, whiny little kid. I mean, well, I he's not anymore. Is... Now he's now he's become woke Jace or whatever. Hashtag woke Jace. Yeah, that's the episode title. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, I think I think that's that's what I want to happen. I, I want Bolas to win. I think that'd be sweet. And I want Jace to die because he has plagued the magic story for far too long. Sure. And I just think it'd be really like a really cool sort of um, end to the arc. But what I think is going to happen is Ugin turns up, right? Yeah. So we have all these planeswalkers arriving at Ravnica. Ugin turns up. He's got some kind of big plan. And then Jace is sort of the the Neo of the piece. Yeah. Faces off one-on-one and, you know, like, defeats Bolas. Whether that means killing him or just, like, forcing him off the plane or whatever. But Jace sort of defeats Bolas one-on-one. Um, and I'll be really annoyed because that should never happen because Bolas is far too strong to be beaten by a single planeswalker that isn't Ugin. Or I think like that's what happens. Someone, sorry, or like Urza or someone, or yeah. I mean, that would be cool. Or maybe even like Liliana. Like it would be cool to see, like you know, Liliana finally unleash the chain veil and take down Bolas. But at what cost? She loses her Planeswalker Spark or something like that. Ooh, that's the thing, right? So under the instruction of Bolas, Liliana murders Jace. Yeah, there we go. Right, and then uh, Liliana is conflicted with her own feelings and you know, sort of breaks out of his contract and tries to kill Bolas. Sure. And then Bolas brutally murders Liliana instead. Hey. I want Bolas to brutally murder someone. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I want. Because he's, like, far and away the best character in all of Magic the Gathering. He's up there, definitely. I mean, he's, uh, that hurts me as a, a devoted Celestian to be voting for the, the Grixis evil <laughs> dragon lord, but I, I want Bolas to be doing some uh, some badass stuff and murdering some people. Yeah, I think it'd be great. Sweet, <laughs> awesome. So yeah, twenty eighteen was a year. Uh, it was mm. yeah, it was a year. Twenty nineteen, my favorite year. Let's uh, let's make let's be clear about yeah, it. Not sure. my favorite year that's happened. Sure. <laughs> uh, although we did start this podcast in twenty eighteen, so that was one. Oh, that's, one that's, that's my favorite thing in two thousand eighteen. Yeah, our, our lovely podcast that we've we've uh, we've brought to the world. There we go. Awesome. So mm-hmm. we do have many, many awesome episodes to come in 2019. I am very, very excited about the just the whole kind of like learning more about what's going to happen as far mm-hmm. as like products, as far as like organized play structures, as far as esports goes. I'm excited. I think like I'm yeah. I'm going to try to be a lot more positive when kind of you know we get new things and change. Now I'm going to try and try and embrace this change in magic and see what happens. 
uh, I think, think you know I find that quite easy because because you know, you know the, the formats I enjoy the most are old school, which Wizards doesn't have anything to do with, and like mm-hmm. Vintage, which I play on Magic Online, which is probably going nowhere. Yeah, at least for now. So yeah, I'm excited, very excited. Uh, yeah, definitely. But it's pretty much all we have we have time for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I guess our final show of 2018, our first show of 2019. Uh, yep. If you want to get in touch, uh, again, hit us up on social media. We are Twitter at HFDCast, Facebook.com slash HFDCast, or HFDCast.com. Or again, hit up that Patreon at Patreon.com slash Devastation if you want to get some uh, exclusive content, maybe some early content. If you just want to give something back for us providing our mouth words to you on a, on a weekly basis, that would be... Oh. <laughs> you were doing so well with the pattern, and then yeah. you said mouth words. Mouth words. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> yeah, if you want to give us something back for us providing you with something, whatever you get from this, we would be eternally grateful. Absolutely. You want to hit, hit my up on my own personal Twitter? I'm at Peach Garden Oaf. That's Oaf with an F. Or Facebook.com. I'm just Joe Loudon. You can find me pretty much any Magic the Gathering Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, snail69. Nice. Please do not talk to me. <laughs> I think that's just going to be my tagline for sure, now. Just don't sure. talk to me. <laughs> don't don't <add> me. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally don't. Literally don't. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, once again, we are approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has returned. We'll see you again on our station. <laughs>